Welcome to the Big Kickoff Football Podcast with myself, Roy Shanahan from TheBigKickoff.com. It's Nathan Doyle and, of course, Mr. David Bugle. Now, this week, Stephen Kenny took his first steps into the world of international management with the Republic of Ireland. So we've decided to put the football podcast on an Ireland special. Well, only a couple of sessions before the away fixture against Bulgaria and three more days after that, an Aviva date with Finland, it was a jam-packed week for the former Dundalk boss. Lads, let's break down the two games. Dave, the team against Bulgaria and the, sh- and the shape and the formation, what did you make of it? Right. Um, uh, more so with the formation than the actual... I was more surprised with the actual selections. I, I didn't think he'd kind of go with um, as bold a uh, front three as... Conley, Ida and Odell, I thought he would kind of keep a bit of the old guard. Maybe Ida might slip, slot in because of the fact that Dave McGoldrick wasn't going to be there until the second game. Um, obviously, Conley would have had a shot as well. But I was just a bit of surprised with Odell. I thought maybe your McLean's or Brady's would have made the start in 11. But um, no, overall, I was, I, was, I was surprised, but in a good way in the end. It was very attack-minded. It was very much a positive outlook from the start and very much like just before the kickoff. You're looking forward to it because obviously any and a new dawn. But then when you see the team and more than likely the way they were going to go about it, um, we were very much looking forward to kick off. Yeah, Nathan, the midfield three was Hurhan, McCarthy, and Hendricks. Front three, obviously Conley, Ida, and Ododa. Front three was, I suppose, weak on experience. So was it the right one to play? Yeah, I think it was. Um, a lot of the stuff that Kenny has alluded to is that it's going to be a bit of a change up in the island system. I thought it was probably the best way to go. I think it's good to sort of have an em- like not to always have an emphasis on the the regular fixtures, you know. Like, like you have to change it up sometimes away from Shane Long up top. And I was like, not going to say I was happy not to see Glenn Whelan in, in the squad, but it was a nice change of pace just to see these guys. Just see things get changed up and to see a bit of a fresh outlook and some fresh faces in that starting eleven and in the squad uh, as a whole. In fairness, I thought the three lads up top, like, I know it's pretty inexperienced. I thought they'd done decent enough. I thought Connolly, especially um, against Bulgaria, I thought it was the main source of problems and the main source of, of any sort of action that was going to happen for the Ireland front three. Uh, either was, it was tough enough for him now, in fairness. I thought he was, uh, he, not that he struggled a little bit, but he just isolated up top by himself for a lot. And it's a tough game for any 19 year old coming up against in his first international debut. Uh, it's just yeah, it's a bit isolated up top, and he tried his best. He didn't. I've seen a lot of people saying he had a bad game. I personally didn't think he had an overly bad game against Bulgaria. I thought he was just he just don't really caught. He don't really caught. He was, didn't get really much to feed off. Like there was only scraps, and even at that, like that's being generous. So um, yeah, I thought the like, a lot of stuff online. They like, having a bit of a go with Adam Eder. I thought it was a bit unjust to be honest. I yeah. thought he'd done done the best that he could with what was given to him really. Yeah, he had his back to goal, unfortunately, for most of the game, which is obviously, I presume, not his strength. He, you seen the run in the first say fifteen minutes where he was kind of isolated on his own out in the wing against Finland, and all of a sudden he, he got the legs going. You can see he has it in him, but I doubt if that's a strong point. With his, his back to goal was a hold up play, but unfortunately, that that was all he was getting because there was too much of a, a bit of a disconnect between midfield and forward. So yeah, I, I'd agree with you, Nate, on that, on that sense. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Like, like I think in the first uh, 15, 20 minutes of the Finland game, which I'm sure we'll get on to, I think that's when we really seen him at his most comfortable in the two games. And even at Norwich, that's when I tell you see him really doing his thing. It's always out on the left-hand side. 
rather than being a main central striker. We look at it, and, and you probably mentioned it there, his back was to goal all the time. A lot of people were praising Ododa, and he got man of the match. But Ododa, there was no end product with Ododa. He, he he came inside it on a few occasions. He dribbled past one or two and then laid a pass off. But there was no end product with him. There was no shooting. There was no crossing. It was the same with Connolly on the far side. There was no supply for either. So... How how did, uh, how did he how did they get how did Ododa get first of all man the match and uh, Ida was probably as you said left dry with any kind of supply. Yeah, yeah, like um, Ododa had one half a run. Remember, he was brought down for a free, and you know we tend to hang on to stuff like that because we're so devoid of any kind of play like that ever. So when somebody does that run, you kind of tend to remember it because there's not much else to go on in relation to the 90 minutes of the game and I think that's what some people were holding on to and obviously Conley's chance where he robbed the ball off him and then in fairness it was a very 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 tight angle and he really should have been a bit more clever and tried to put it across to somebody who was in the middle that's all people were probably hanging on to to be honest I know Conley was a bit, looked busier but I'm going to keep the opinion of, of, of Conley in the holster a little bit longer but unfortunately I'm going to start putting him in the maybe he's just a bit busy bracket I'm hoping he's not but that's the feeling I'm getting from him um, and he'll just be unfortunately like a lot of the others uh, busy but not much else I hope I'm wrong and I really want to be wrong but I'm starting to see it in him and I'm starting to think that that's all he is he's just busy um, and a bit too busy and not kind of ice cold enough um, but Odell I was very surprised because in the second half I didn't recognise him at all I didn't didn't even notice the fact that he was on the pitch until he was actually coming off so when I heard some of the men in the match talk I was a bit surprised because I said if that's just on one run that he did where he got brought down for the free kick a bit sad now fairness. Yeah. Um we will talk about the front three again because they they obviously started in the next game. But Nathan Hurhan, McCarthy and Hendricks, listen, for the whole team, absolutely hundred percent, there's no question, every single one of these lads will work their socks off for you. They'll give you absolutely everything and they're loyal to the badge. No doubt. We we totally understand that. So we're just being we're being picky, I suppose, at the, I suppose, and as an attacking sense, because we know that they'll give us everything. They'll throw their bodies on the line. Hendricks, McCarthy, and Hurahan, did that work for you? Um, it's it's probably the probably if you looked at the squad as a whole, it was the three players that you saw. That's probably the three biggest name players, and like I said, the three players that you know on the day what you're going to get out of them. Personally, on the night. I thought Hendricks and McCarthy, uh, Hendricks in particular, were were pretty cool. I thought they were very sloppy. They gave the ball away a lot. Hendricks was, I don't know if you've noticed, but Hendricks was trying to, like, he had to had his back to goal. And any time he got the ball in, he was trying a little flick around the corner. He tried it about four or five times and not once did it walk out. Uh, I thought Horhan, like, Horhan's, he's always been a big fan of Conor, Conor Horhan, especially at the set setup. He's always going to get something out of him. His delivery of a ball is fantastic. And, I thought if you could link up some of them crosses into Adam Eder, I think that's probably the best chance I thought Eder was going to get of getting on the end of anything. Because uh, Conor Horhan is there, he can whip a ball into anybody. But personally, if we're going on, now again, we're going, to, we're going to talk about the Finland game, but if we're going off the three in the middle from the Bulgaria game or the three in the middle off in the Finland game, I think the three in the middle in the Finland game worked better for me. I think if you just put Horhan into that three and took somebody out, it would work better because... Um, 
on the night, like you think you could see McCarthy's he's struggling with injury a lot lately. I think it's sort of showed he's a bit leggy, a bit short of confidence. And Hendricks overall was just just really sloppy and gave the ball away far too much. I, I think. And I, yeah, McCarthy got a lot of praise from uh, Stephen Kenny, so that's going to be an interesting one to watch. Uh, Dave, they started with a back four. Uh, I personally thought they might go with a back three, just because I thought that it would suit the players that we had. I thought maybe Coleman, Duffy and Egan would be a great back three. You have Stevens who plays wing back. You have Matt Doherty who plays wing back. I thought it would have, I thought it would have been a solid you know, shape because of course when you're defending then you would have five in the back you'd still have your three in the middle and you'd have two up front so uh, I was I wouldn't say surprised that he went for four in the back because that's the way he, he has played with Dundalk but sometimes you need to fit in your, your, your best players and I thought that might have been the way so how did you find the back four worked and course we talked about Matt Doherty uh, the other week and you were talking about him with Spurs it'd be interesting to see how he yep. gets on as a fullback how did you make uh, how did he make out I suppose as a fullback um, it was I would probably pull himself and Duffy together more so than him as an individual um, I definitely think there was a bit of a disconnect there um, for two very obvious reasons for the for the goal against uh, Bulgaria and then of course the Pukki chance in the in the first half uh, against Finland, where kind of Duffy was caught flat footed, and was, you know for somebody who isn't kind of got loads of pace, you know you need to be clever. You know you look at your Cunninghams and Breens and all back in the day, you never seen him getting caught out as much as that. Or even Paul McGrawen, the legs were gone. His reading of the game and his knowledge of the game, his positional sense was faultless. And Duffy just, in my opinion, got caught a bit too flat footed. I don't think him and Egan would be the problem. I think it could be between himself and Doherty and there's a bit of a gap there and they need to tighten it up um, it'll be very interesting to see if they keep at the back four but if they do will you see a marked improvement I know they'll have a month now to do plenty of video analysis and uh, be stuck in the, in the dark rooms and getting all their dossiers ready for the next game and that's where it'll be interesting to see if that tightens up because one thing Ireland cannot be faulted for is defence uh, is, is their defensive quality but they were just a little bit open now partially probably because of our midfield three and something that's brand new as well. But uh, just a little bit of that partnership, I think more so between the fullback and Duffy are on the right side of centre-back needs to be tightened up more so than kind of, because people are picking at oh, the two lads, maybe there is a bit of a thing. I think it's more kind of between fullback and, and centre-half. But uh, Darty, we know what he does best, um, but now it's going to be a bit more Sean and him going, well, just how good of a defender are you? He was okay. He was decent, but he, he looked a bit, like a couple of players, they just kind of played a tiny bit within themselves, I thought. And I think maybe with him, you know, he's not quite doing the role he's he's been. He, that's that's the strongest, and maybe that's where it's coming from. But yeah, in my opinion, I think it's between the two. A little bit of a disconnect between him and Duffy was what was causing the, the main defensive frailties for us. Yeah, I think I think you're bang on there. Um, he looked as if he was playing wing back rather than playing full back. He always yeah. seemed to be that yard ahead of the the other three and there was all, there always seems to be gaps between himself as you said and Duffy where where they could get through so that's something that probably yeah. needs to be looked at um, and that's that's probably why we, we discussed it maybe the three at the back would have suited better Exactly because like Coleman as much as um, and I presume we'd all be in agreement that Coleman would probably come in as a tourist and if anything he could be even better cover for, for Darty because he could almost act as a fullback and really let him go off and do what he does best. 
even though we're talking about a defender, which is a bit a bit strange. But obviously, Stevens is brilliant at it as well. And then he's got his partner in crime beside him, and John Egan. So it does sound and smell like it should be that in that way. But as as we said, it was two games, very much experimental. It'll be very interesting now. He'll have a couple of weeks now to really analyse it. So I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen, but it, it'll be more on the cards to discuss bringing, bringing in that possibility of that formation uh, come Slovakia time. Nathan, John Egan, Duffy, who was at fault for the first goal? <laughs> I think it had to put down to Duffy, really, wouldn't you? I think if you're going to really blame anybody, I think you will have to put it down to him. He just got caught, just got caught too flat-footed and too leggy, and wasn't really aware of what was going on around him. He looked sluggish in in, like, in the games, Nathan. He didn't look. I, I thought he did. He yeah, looked I like he was he gliding around, I, heavy-legged. And I, I, I'm a massive fan of Duffy, but I was very um, unpleasantly surprised at the performance. I thought he was very slow and lethargic, and I know like he just like he didn't really have a break. You know, he could such a short break like during the summer. They usually they usually have a, a couple of months off, clearly. So you can sort of understand it, but so you put now you put it down to that. You put it down to just just leggy, and they're trying to get back into the run of things now. We obviously got his long move to Celtic, so I think I would have put it down to that. But yeah, I was surprised because Duffy's usually somebody you can rely on. Like I know he, he popped up with the goal and everything, but more uh, even at his defensive duties, away from uh, grabbing a grabbing a good goal for a defender, you can usually he's very reliable at the back and he's very consistent, and you know what you're going to get from him. Which was one of the probably one of the worst performances I've seen of Shane Duffy in Oil Jersey uh, on that day. Which again, I, I will put it down to the whole just a little, like just short mid uh, pre-season and everything. But yeah, it was very strange, I have to say, seeing Shane Duffy be so leggy and, and lethargic. Yeah, and I think originally when the ball was lost, uh, I think John Egan went across with him, but then he left him and left him for Shane and Duffy. But no. du- and Duffy, yeah, and Duffy yeah. wasn't near him or around him, and. If John yeah. if John Egan had gone to deal with another player, you could have said, "Well, you know, he's at, he had to go and deal with that player." But he didn't. He went into space, left the man, and didn't look over his shoulder to see if Duffy was there or not. Duffy should have been there. He should have worked hard to get there. He was yeah. three quarter, not even three quarter pace. It was like half pace to get across. So, I think there's a little bit in both. But I de- yeah, I definitely think. Um, I definitely think Egan had some some to blame, but Shane Duffy, and and it was again in the Finland game. He seemed to do that as, uh, very often. He stepped up one time in the Finland game. We'll come on to that, where he didn't need to step up, and he just looked like he was he was looking for shortcuts all the time. So I, I hope I hope that's just down to fitness and and, and nothing more. I, I wrote a couple of notes. I, I wrote down the game sixty minutes. Matt already not involved at all. 60 minutes, Jeff Hendricks not involved at all. O'Dowd and no end product, no crosses. Matt Doherty and O'Dowd, for me, didn't work because not once did Matt Doherty do overlap O'Dowd. Now, no. I don't know if that is no. something that they have been told not to do because I don't remember Stevens overlapping Connolly either. So I, I don't know if they're, they're there just to back up and and O'Dowd and Conley can run at them all day long and you just make sure that you don't get caught out. But I didn't see any kind of, you know, workings together on, on that right-hand side. It just and, and as I said, crosses didn't, Dave. There was no supply really from the wide areas. Oh, after, I presume we all watched on Sky Sports, last other uh, sports channels are available, yeah? But they're not actually. We are, 
no well no but we all watch it on Sky because if the word cross was said once by Mick McCarthy it was said about a million times all we have to do is get wide and put in a few crosses we'll win this game he must have said it about 50 times now in fairness I can't disagree with him but after 50 times it's like we get it Mick and yeah we get it you used to manage them you know but anyway he, he was bang on the money to be honest because owning the ball was all well and good but the end product wasn't coming and when you have a, a front three because that's what it was they, it wasn't a 4-5-1 it was very much a 4-3-3 because O'Dowd and Connolly did little in, in tracking back and very much kind of the way you would see a lot of modern teams play so the lack the fact that there was two wide men and then alleged like alleged support in Doherty and Stevens, and there was next to no crosses put into the box which is something we're stronger and we're good at it, it was battling and uh, I'm not saying it's exactly would have won the game but it would have caused problems and created chances because unfortunately as much as we owned the ball over the two games most of the chances we created was causing a bit of havoc either winning the ball back or chasing somebody down it wasn't necessarily down from good old, good possession play where it worked out a move and across into the box um, so as much as we were looking for this possession game that's great but now it's like we need to start seeing a bit of a cutting edge to it yeah, like even in uh, in the Finland game, I was watching it and I was thinking to myself, was, um, the biggest threat to Finland in that game was the Finland defenders. Because a lot of the chances came from, from going short. The keyboard keep the ball out to one defenders and there'd be oil and pressure. Just the three, the three lads up top just like swarmed the centre half of the ball. You got one or two chances out of that as well. I think that was, yeah. if anything was going to kill Finland, it was going to be playing at the, from the back. Rather than, like I said, than Ireland uh, having possession and and actually creating any decent chances it's just going to be them shooting themselves in the foot really yeah and of course Shane Duffy I suppose made up for it by getting the equaliser in the in the last couple of minutes um, and probably yeah. probably a deserved draw because Ireland didn't play that well they weren't threatening they weren't dangerous but they, they did they did keep the ball very well and, and looked a better side than Bulgaria just about I would yeah. say yeah. Of course, we went on then to the Finland game and the team, well, it was a bit of a surprise because the team was exactly the same apart from the whole midfield was changed. Dave, what did you make of that midfield change? Yeah, I, I would have thought maybe somebody would have come into the front three just to freshen up a bit because it's still very, I know Odell is 25, but still very inexperienced up front. And obviously you want to try and get at least a victory before, a bit of a confidence booster before Slovakia. So I was a bit surprised at that. But when I heard it was a completely brand new midfield three in Brady, Arthur and Malumbi, um, that definitely did catch the eye. I kind of had a feeling in the back five and stay as it was. But it's obviously where he knows. And I think if he wants to play this way of a 4-3-3, he needs to get that midfield in the right kind of combination because it is a little bit more riskier for us when we're playing. Well, when we're playing teams at this level, it's not the biggest risk in the world. But we still need to get that midfield three quite right. One who can kind of protect the, the, the defence. And then you want one who can kind of get around and get get busy and get the ball and be a bit of the quarterback. And then the guy who can get up and support. Um, Arthur was getting a bit of praise at the end. Now, in fairness, credit to him. He was the man of the ball. and He was kind of giving me the ball with 10 or 15 minutes to go. But the defensive side of things, which I think was what he was brought in for, he was distinctly lacking. Um, whatever about going forward, but if that, I think he was supposed to be the sitter, and then obviously Brady be a creative, uh, the creative side of it, and then Malumbi a bit in between. 
Um, Arthur's defensive side of he just it was like he just opened the gate and left them left the left the door wide open. Um, which is what we've been guilty of for many a year in midfield. Um, so I'd be a bit. I wouldn't. I'd keep the gun in the holster in relation to praising him in the last fifteen minutes just because he looked a bit busy. Yeah, I, I I actually thought he did well. I think you're right. Yeah. I think he was in the position that I don't, maybe didn't suit him. Maybe he he, he doesn't want to sit. And there's other oh, players. Yeah, there's other players who 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 will sit and do a good job. And with the way that he wants to play, Nathan, the way Stephen Kenny wants to play, there's going to be a few gaps as we've seen in in the backline because we're going to open up. So. You really do need someone who can sit there and maybe fall back and into a into a tree with Duffy and Egan when we get caught in a counter attack. Yeah, like uh, I, I, I actually thought uh, Harry Arthur had they didn't have a decent game, but in both in both the Bulgaria game and the Finland game, that was the big thing lacking for me in the midfield, and that's why I was sort of saying earlier about Hendricks and McCarthy. I think, and it was it was there, it was very evident as well in the Finland game where McCarthy and Hendricks weren't playing was that. It was far too easy to get through the Irish midfield. It was there was just so many gaps up here, and there's just holes all over the place. And I think if you're going to do it, like, there's nobody really there they could look like. If you bring in someone like McCarthy, like maybe they sit there. But besides that, like the rest of them are sort of even are more attack minded. Like Harry Arda and uh, Hendricks can, can both do it. Can both sit deep. But we've seen them at club level that they are comfortable enough to progress forward too. You're gonna really need someone that's just gonna pretty much sit and just stay around the halfway line and pretty much act as the last line of defence in front of the centre half. So that's this is the way they're gonna go about it because uh, that was the that was for me that was the big issue of the two games. It wasn't the, the like the bit of miscommunication between the defenders. It was the lack of just lack of solidarity in the midfield and how, how easy it was to get behind the Ireland back line. Which we said, I think, was Dave said earlier, isn't really a staple of Irish performances. Like we're usually known for being solid at the back and solid in the midfield, tough to break down, and that just wasn't the case. I thought in two games that was the biggest complaint. Probably really the only complaint I had of the two games was just how weak it seemed in the midfield. And who would you next game comes up? We're playing Slovakia. What tree do you put in there? Uh, personally, uh, if I, I'm going to judge them off the two games you've seen here today. Uh, sorry, you've seen there over the weekend under uh, Kenny. So for me, I thought Harry Arthur had a good game. So I'd stick him in there. I think he'd go with probably McCarthy as the sitter, just just to sit and protect that back line because he's probably the most comfortable for me out of midfielders to do it. And uh, go Horahan, yeah, definitely. No, Conor Horahan, definitely. He's um. Mick McCarthy and the point that he likes, likes to cross the ball is a big fan of crossing and he's he's always going to be a, a very dangerous outlet especially for the way we're going to play uh, Adam Eid or whoever it's going to be up top as a central striker you're going to need someone like Overhand that can whip the ball in and that is dangerous the gas set players and so it's uh, David Trader I would go with it'd be Overhand, Arthur and McCarthy So that's interesting because we felt that the, the, the midfield clicked a bit better on the, the Finland game but you've picked two players out of the uh, Bulgaria game Yeah 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 It is But The main thing for me With the Bulgaria game Was just the sloppiness Between both Hendricks and McCarthy together Where I think Two of them McCarthy had a better game And he's the more Viable to be able to sit In front of the back four That's the reason Why I went with him And I just like Corhan in general Like Corhan was never the issue With the Bulgaria game I thought he was the best In that uh, midfield three Dave, Jack Bourne has probably, in my opinion, 
shown more in international games than O'Dowd or Robinson and maybe Connolly. We give Connolly the, as you said, he, he probably has a couple more games in them to prove himself. But yeah. O'Dowd and Robinson haven't haven't proven anything really since they've come onto the international scene. Is Jack Bourne worth a, a shout to be in the squad coming off the bench? We don't really have anyone who can who goes looking uh, for the ball and has that little creative spark. I would put him in the debate for the midfield three over the forward three, to be honest, Shano. Um, potentially, I'd have him challenging the likes of your Robbie Brady and uh, Conor Huron for that kind of role. Um, and I, to be honest, if it was last year's form, I think he could be the best of the three of it. Um, and that's even including in the green jersey for Earl. Um, putting him out left or right wing, yes, I, I think he'd do a job, but I don't think he, I think it's a bit of a round peg in a, in a square hole or vice versa in that sense. But I would definitely consider him, me personally, more so for the potential of that midfield tree and being more the attack-minded playmaker because I definitely think he has that in the locker over, say, playing out wide right or wide left. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I'm saying. In, in a squad position rather yeah, than yeah. in the team position, yeah. I'm just saying that they, they, they haven't seemed haven't seemed to have pushed on from what they they started yeah. with. And I can't remember a game where I've sat down and went, he was absolutely brilliant. And that didn't include in his man of the match performance, seemingly did. And I, Nathan, where does Stephen Kenny see the goals coming from? Because he has three lads up front who, well, don't really bang goals away. They they, they haven't for their club. Uh, Conley. Had one game where he, he stuck two away, I think, against Spurs. Uh, Ida scored, I think, two goals last year. Doesn't play much. And uh, O'Dowda isn't a, a, really a fan favourite because uh, he's he produces what he's producing for Ireland. So where where does Stephen Kenny playing these? Or is this a situation where he's trying these players out and you're going to see McGoldrick, you're going to see probably McLean or Brady out in the wings? Yes, look, I think that's the, that's the biggest issue with the forward for, since Robbie came, but he left, he left the squad. Like now we are looking, I'm looking at, this, at the team in front of me and I couldn't tell you where the goal is going to come from. Like I said, the front three, that players uh, in the two games, they like to keep more busy than anything else and even at club level and not to live with goal scorers. Damon Goldrick, he's the same. He's, he's um, a great hold-up player and he's get the ball down and he can link up play well. But he's got a goal scoring stats are far from impressive for a striker. Like Shane Long been off the pace for a couple of years too so it really is that's, that's the struggle where you, that's the big struggle where you see like who is going to be scoring goals and it's, it's just show us even under Mr. Carty and everything like the goals weren't flying near left right and centre so that's always going to be the big struggle where um, you're still going to be think, relying on lads to chip in with two or three rather than relying on one player one or two players that are going to get you five, six, seven goals during a qualifying campaign yeah, can you see O'Dowda and Ida, the way Ida's, that's not the way Ida played, because I actually think he did, he, he grew into the games after the first maybe 25, 30 minutes, he grew into the to the Bulgaria game, I think he did alright in the Finland game, his link-up play started getting better, but there's no service from the way that Stephen Kenny's asked him to play, so there was no balls in behind, there's no crosses, everything seemed to be link-up, man, it, Dave, if you're looking yeah. to have McGoldrick in the team, he's the best at doing that. Yeah, like, that's one of my notes, like, from, like obviously with Slovakia coming, he's tried two games, he's obviously mixed it up a little bit, he's obviously tried the front three, but because of the game that it is, the Slovakia game does have our hands tied. The Slovakia game wasn't around, I think we just keep going what we're doing, 
and he'll eventually find his, his mix of players. But I just have this, well, not fear, but I just can't help but feel it. And I do understand to a certain extent, will he go back to tight come the Slovakia game and bring in whoever he brings in? Obviously, McGoldrick, I think, will come in uh, and a couple of others. And will we go back to a 4-5-1 and, and do what we do best, even though it's not what we like? But as long as it gets us the win, will we care kind of thing? Now, in fairness, it's still only a semi-final, so we still have to win the second game. So that's why it's a bit its a bit of a funny one what's going to happen. But in relation to goal, future-wise, God only knows. I think after the impressive display of the under-21s, I think it's just... And, 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 it's, and it's, it, it's me not being clever. It's a fingers crossed that one of them is remotely decent, whether like between your other families, Paradidas, that one of them starts coming good and might get us a couple of goals a campaign. That's literally, I'm not, I, I haven't seen enough of Parrot, to be honest. Obviously, he's looked good for the under 21, but uh, we all know what happened with Spurs last year, and now he's pulled up a bit of an injury at Millwall. He might be the favourite at the moment to be our goal getter eventually, but uh, it's more hope than actual expectancy. And McGoldrick, he's very samey to everyone else. Busy, busy, busy. Create problems, might grab a goal or two in a campaign. But that's the height of what you're going to get. So in relation to goals, we've no one at the at the moment, which is sad to say. But what about the way that the way that yeah, Shane Duffy? But what about the way that they're playing, Dave? The the way they're playing yeah. doesn't suggest that Robbie Keane would even score goals because the service wouldn't be no. coming in. And well, with the way that they're playing, it would suit McGoldrick better because he'd probably link it up better. He'd probably bring players into play better than Adam Mina did played, because he yeah. hasn't got the experience yet. Yeah, the way they played the last two games was, was bang on suit for him. Is that the way they wanted to play? I would like to think, well, I hope the answer is no. I know that's very, the way it came. I still think it's very much, it is, I'm not using it as an excuse, but it is very much, there, were, there was a vibe of a pre-season match, especially I found in the Dublin game than more so than the Bulgaria game. I think there was a bit more liveliness in Bulgaria game, probably because it was the first game back and obviously the first game under Kenny. But the, I, I found a lot of the Finland game felt very, there was no uh, sense of urgency. And that's why I'm kind of hoping the way it played out is not exactly how they wanted. Um, and hopefully, as Duffy said, that we'll see a sharper Ireland in a month's time when we're back into the week in, week out playing football more regular. But as you said, I would agree, McGoldrick, if that's the way they are playing, McGoldrick should start because it's exactly what he what he wants while you're wasting your time with Eda because that's not his game Yeah Nathan Ireland Stephen Kenny is it a good mix can you see what he's trying to do and can you see it working Yeah I, I hope so I was looking online even like even to be serious and having to get notes to get up ideas and the amount of people online like calling for his job after two games is absolutely ridiculous this guy's going to need a, probably a whole qualifying campaign to really be able to judge be able to judge him on, on how he gets on like he's trying something different the style of play is, in part was nice to see the two games the quality well, it wasn't the performances or the results that we, sorry it wasn't the results that we were uh, that we were probably hoping for but it was always just going to be just trying things out and see and just testing the waters a little bit in terms of players and formations and styles but he seems to be a bit more attack minded than a lot of other previous managers that we had and I'm hopeful that I can sort of get rid of this just hoop football mentality that seems to be around the Oils the, the Ireland team it's, it'd be nice to see just 
you're not expecting to play ticky tacky football and it's not, not, not going to be Brazil by any stretch of imagination because it's just with the, uh, the pure talent that's available to us. But I'd like to be hopeful and I am hopeful. I'm not optimistic that after a while we will see some progress and that's all I think we're really looking for at the moment is even if, firstly, even if we don't get into the Euros, I want Johnny's back. I think I'm going to have to give him time. I'm going to have to give him He's, he's come in at a tough time in a tough position where I thought McCarthy would have been still in for the Slovakia games but it's, it is a tough time for him so he's, he's going to get slated either way you know like if he if he qualifies for the Euro to say hopefully he qualifies for the Euros and he gets them down in the group stages he'd be, he'd be given out if he doesn't qualify for the Euros people be given out either way yeah. so I think it's far too easy to, to judge on Stephen Kenny and I think he will need a whole qualifying campaign to really assess how it gets on. Do you think we ask too much, uh, Shadow or, or Nathan? Do you, do you think we ask too much or do we expect too much from this group? No, I don't, I don't think we ask too much. I don't think we expect too much. I think all we've ever asked is for them to try and play, I suppose, in, 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 in terms of what way we've played for the last 10 years, it's been nearly suicide football where you're 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 hanging on the edge of your box and you're just waiting for that one yeah. you know one opportunity to kill you off and you haven't got a plan then to get you out of it. So it's it's Russian roulette, I suppose, isn't that what you're saying? Football, because we we just wanted our players to play to the best of their potential. Now, when you look at Ireland now. Yes, now he's trying to open up. Yes, he's trying to get us to play football. That's fine. Now he's going to get the balance between being able to do that and not leave gaps behind us because we've been so used to never letting any, having any gaps at all to now there's a few gaps. So how quickly can we close those gaps when we get counter-attacked? So I, I don't, I think the players, I think the players are good enough. I don't think there's, yeah. I don't think there's, there's players from the Premiership and the Championship. There's, there's no reason why we can't be good enough to do what he's asking it's there's a few things there we don't we're not we didn't pass the ball very quickly we didn't move it around quick enough I thought the other night to shift them uh, especially Finland I thought we could have done but then again we could have had three or four goals from mistakes from pressing you know off yeah. them so yeah. I do think it's a, it's 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 about a bit of time yeah. give them give give them all and a bit fairness, of time in fairness though there the, the problems that we're bringing up are problems that can be rectified and the problems that weren't necessarily there before on the defensive side of things. So as as I kind of said, like there's no reason why we can't they can't study that over the next few weeks and then just tighten up the defensive structure side side of things anyway. So two games in, and especially with the the, the summer and with the way it's gone, I, I'm not saying he should get a free ride, but I wouldn't be overlook over over being overcritical or overlooking it. But can I just ask one thing? Because I've noticed it for years, and I don't know whether it's just me, but does Ireland just seem a little bit slower or off the pace in almost every game we play? We just don't seem to be able to cover the ground as well as other teams are. I, I, I just always find we're a bit slower off the pace no matter who we play. Well, the one thing that always bothered me about watching Ireland is uh, counter-attacking football is just non-existent. Yeah, like, we, I don't think we have that zip. Now, don't get me wrong, we're not, we don't have a, a team full of pace, but I just never find, you know where we're supposed to be to put them under pressure? But I find like yeah. they just don't get at them as much, and I just do we not have players who have that engine, or is it, or is it very? Are we very strict in how we set ourselves up? But I always find us a bit off every team we play. Could that just yeah, be the way we're? Yeah, not the whole, uh, the whole put them under pressure team. I think that like 
the whole mm. time, like, I know it's probably treading on sacred ground, but the whole time with the of Jack Charlton, like, it's sort of looked at now, like, with rose tinted glasses, where now we, we still sort of want them. I talk about the way we move the ball around, or even when we don't have the ball, I just find teams can get through us quite quick, and we just seem to be running in quicksand a little bit. And I'm not saying we're very slow or we're, we're unfit, but I just always find that with them. And I, I, just, I just want to know, does anyone else notice that, or is it just something that I think I see, but maybe I don't? No, I, d- I definitely think that there's more spaces now in the last two games so that's why you would see it there I think in the, the games far as I said the, the sort of Russian roulette football you're you're dicing with death there all the time so yeah. there's, you're as an Ireland fan you're going to be a lot more nervous watching it so every pass that goes forward or in round that box you're, you're nervous where it might be someone else it, it, it might have been Mourinho's Chelsea or something and you might have been going look they just can't get through them they just can't get through them so it may be just different glasses that you're you're, you're watching different games and you know a bit of anxiety maybe yeah. but no in fairness though it's been like this for a few maybe it's the fact that we don't overcommit when we're going forward either and maybe that's why I always think we're a bit slower because we very much do like to keep into our little areas and keep the defensive side of it tight. So maybe we don't overcommit going forward, and that's why I always find that. I, I just, it's just, I always found it strange, and I just always found everyone was just a bit sharper or a bit quicker than we were. Yeah. What, well, Dave, if you were picking a team for the Slovakia game, mm-hmm. team, shape, whatever it is, uh, more than likely he's going to stick with his. Uh, Four three three anyhow because that, if that's that's what yeah. he plays that's what he plays so that's fine so we'll go with four three three what way do you see a four three three working uh, as in player wise who who slots into those positions the back five will more than likely stay the way it is there probably be potentially only maybe a little bit of a debate between maybe Coleman and Darty if he is going to go let let's say he does go to four three three I say it'll very much revert to, to type apart from maybe Coleman sneaking in. Midfield three, I'm trying to think who's going to be playing as well over the next month as well, which I think is important. So, the likes of Arthur Huron, um, I'm trying to think. Malumbi looked decent, I have to say, but I think he's the in-between of the trees. But I think it's going to be Arthur Huron. He'll probably keep the safety on and probably will go with McCarthy I have a feeling especially if McCarthy plays consistently for the month and then up front he'll definitely I think slot back in McGoldrick I think he'll stick with Connolly and right outside right is certainly up for grabs and that's where if the likes of your Brady's don't get into the midfield three he might sneak in there I don't think McLean fits his type of football so I'd be a little bit surprised if he comes straight in unless he wants to go with a bit more of a tighter, not rob the wind, but just a bit more tighter, back back to the way we used to be, kind of one-off game. That's the only way I can see McLean getting in. So maybe Brady might go up against Odell on that side. I don't think Robinson did enough. No, I think that Brady could be a good shout there, um, but it depends yeah. on, on how he's seen Odell to play. Nathan, what, yeah. would you change that from what Dave has said? No, pretty similar. I said earlier, I went for the same... Uh, the same midfield three, yeah, back five would be the same for me. Like ideally, I would like to see them go with a three-five-two, but I think realistically, the four-three-three is the way forward. That uh, Stephen Kenny is going to go with. He seems comfortable with the back four. Like he's always went with that with Dundalk, so it seems to be his bread and butter. Um, yeah, the big thing for me, like Dave touched on, was out in the um, 
the right hand side. I actually wouldn't mind seeing Adam Mead get pushed out to the right hand side, yeah. or even out to the left hand side. I think that's where, he, like we were talking about it earlier, I think that's where he's most comfortable, like seeing him play out there for Norwich. And I think that's where he seems to do his, a lot of his best stuff. But I was up at uh, Tallis Stadium, uh, it was probably about two years, probably a year and a half ago now, probably, that whenever. And he was playing for the 21s, and he was out on the left hand side, and he, he was brilliant. He caused so much problems out there. He's a big lad for his age, now he's filled out as well, even more nicely. So I think he'd look, be more comfortable out there on the right hand side, or even on the left hand side, rather than being isolated up top by himself. You already know Harry Arthur and McCarthy have kind of got praise from Stephen Kenny, so you're expecting them to to be in there. I think Corner Hurrahan probably is going to get in for set pieces. I definitely think McGoldrick should start. I think it's a good shout to put Brady or Ida on the right hand side. Um and yeah, I can I can see the the left hand side. Conley Conley might just get his uh get his run again. So yeah, I don't think there's going to be too many changes, but it's where the goals are going to come from, and and, and that's the big thing yeah. for us. We'll just go on John O'Shea's commentary, Dave. What did you reckon? Uh, yeah, well, it, it, oh, between if we just get a couple of wide and football if to get a few crossbowlers between that and then O'Shea, I always tend to. Ironically, go to Sky Sports when they're showing when RT and Sky are both showing it because I find Ronnie Whelan overly negative and just loves yeah, to moan. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you have to put up with John O'Shea. So we need to try and find another number two commentator for, for Sky or RT because it's, it's, it's definitely slim pickings. Because, um, like I said, hopefully with the way Kenny plays, uh, Ronnie might kind of. Uh, warm up a little bit because for the last couple of years God love me he's just been a grumpy old man it's very hard to listen to <laughs> but obviously I switch back for the analysis at, at half time but I find it very hard to put up with him because he just makes me angrier as well but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm already feeling it I just don't, I, I'm already feeling it I just don't need somebody else to agree with me because then even Jackie's like hang on upstairs but um <laughs> Yeah, O'Shea is, is the, yeah, he's got people. Yeah, it's the like Why has nobody tapped top into the market and gave Paul McGuire a commentating job? Do you ever hear that man talk? No, I, no, I, yeah, I, yeah, I would yeah. actually just pay him to follow me around and narrate my day. Oh, <laughs> he's like the Irish Morgan Freeman. What would you say, is he? Oh, it's unbelievable. He does, Instagram, he does Instagram stories every now and again. Just him just playing golf or something. And I find myself sitting there for 40 minutes just watching him play golf while <laughs> <as> he's talking. <laughs> Give that man a job quick. Yeah, the games were written on Irish TV, which was yeah. uh, which is scandalous, really. Um, and that should be sorted. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's wrong. And Sky Sports then have the cheek to show these games and then not have any halftime analysis either. So they're really sort of slapping us in the face with the rubbish that they're showing. I mean, how do you get around that? Like, I mean, it's 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 just poor all around, isn't it, Dev? Yeah, it's, it's weird because Virgin Media have the coverage in the nation, League, but for some reason they don't show Ireland live. How 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 do they pay for that back? You know, it's, it, unfortunately, it's very Irish. Yeah, it is. Isn't it? Yeah. No, no, we'll show Spain and Germany instead. They'll, they'll prefer that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyhow, let's hope uh, it's time for a revolution. I think so. Dave, are are you happy with? Stephen Kenny's approach so far? Yeah, as I said, I'm not giving him a free pass per se, but 
they were they were very messy games. Both sets of teams who we both played, it was very similar, very samey. A little bit pre-season, a little bit slower pace than what you'd expect. So uh, if I got to see that kind of performance next month or the month after, I'd be bitterly disappointed. So as I said, I'm not giving a free pass. There's definitely a bit of room to manoeuvre, but that's to be expected. They're completely kind of ripping up the playbook and there's going to be a couple of guys who are very used to playing a certain way and you can see they were playing to the way they used to and you're like, no, no, it's okay. The shackles are off you now. They're not still there, you know, so relax. And I think that's one of Kenny's strong points that he will get players playing comfortable and being comfortable on the ball. And he's had a lot of players, no disrespect to him, but wouldn't be as good as what he's had and made them very comfortable on the ball. And I expect, I expect the same. As long as he brings them with him, I expect the same from him. So I'm not saying it's going to be all uh, rainbows and roses, but uh, yeah, so far so good anyway. Nathan, same question. He's not overstepped, is he? No, I think it's... Uh... I think it's it's all far to where he's even suggested that we step. Like he's won like a lot of people like will slag like, oh it's only the League of Ireland but he's won leagues, he's won cups, he's got the highest coaching qualifications that you can get in the country. It's like I said, it's time for a revolution and it's good to see someone fresh coming in, you know. Someone that's obviously gonna hopefully modernise the style of play and give some of the younger lads that he knows in the twenty ones a chance whenever they're ready. Because there's plenty of good young lads down there for the upcoming qualification. But in terms of the playoffs, the, the two games we've seen him playing were tough games against two decent opposition. Yeah, you have to give him time. Even if we don't make the Euros, I wouldn't be pressing the panic button just yet. Yeah, no, I'm I'm 100%. I'm 100% behind him. I think when the game finished... Of course you're disappointed but I wasn't overly disappointed because there's the knowledge there that there's something being worked on and it's like Dave yeah. said you're you're looking at the game and you're saying well if that steps up a pace or two and uh, there's a few things worked on i.e. the uh, the attacking sense wh- where the goals come from how we go get our goals because I didn't see that plan I didn't see where it seemed to get to the to the final third and then stop and we didn't really know what was happening after that so once they, that sort of thing gets ironed out I uh, I think we we could be could be very happy indeed. Uh, on a final note, I thought a man match for both games was Ender Stevens. I thought he was uh, a class above the rest. I thought he did everything perfect, comfortable on the ball, calm and solid in defence. So I'm happy we probably have one of the best left fulls probably in the in, in the Premier League anyhow. Okay, it's on to Slovakia next month. So and uh, we, we'll have another Ireland special then. So we'll see us then. Dave Nathan, thank you very much. Cheers, gents. Cheers, lads.